A couple of years ago, uh, my son Luke, <clears throat> because of some twists and turns of some events, uh, he was in fourth grade. And uh, Luke had the opportunity to uh, start the little World Series game for uh, the little rec league here in, in Castle Rock. And Luke could throw pretty hard. I mean, I'm, you know, I know him as dad, but a kid could throw pretty hard. Uh, but he was also wild. And so before that first inning was over, top of the first, Luke goes out, takes the mound, <clears throat> and he was responsible for all three of the outs. So he struck a kid out, and he fielded two little dribblers perfectly to first base, and so he, he was responsible for two putouts and a strikeout, but not before he walked in six runs. Not a great way to start the uh, top of the first inning in the World Series game. He ended up losing, and of course, he felt very responsible, and so when we got home, I love sports, and I love my kids' involvement in sports and the life lessons that they learn uh, doing those things over the years. So I, I said, Luke, come on upstairs with me. And, and uh, he, was, he was emotional. He was already, you know, a little chin was quivering. And you could see his eyes were welling up with tears. And I was like, buddy, what happened today? And he's like, Dad, I don't know. I don't know. He's like, it's my fault. I said, this, I, I don't really care about all of that. I'll, the only thing I want to know is what you were thinking while you were out there on that mound. And he said, Dad. You know, he's really crazy. He's like, I just was thinking, don't throw a ball, don't let the team down. What? Son, what happened when you thought that way? And now it's full snotty nose, tears coming down his face. And he's like, I threw balls and I let the team down. I was like, son, this is not about baseball. This is about life. Our minds are so powerful. And so today, we're going to start this new series that we're calling Mind Games. Our main thought for this weekend is this, I must replace the enemy's lies with God's truth. Because I believe with all of my heart, most of life's, life's battles are won and lost in your mind. Many of your greatest victories, as well as many of your ongoing defeats, start and continue right here. So this series is vitally important. Our minds are powerful and God created us this way. A couple of months ago, Pastor Stephen and his wife Amber had gone to visit their son in Kansas City, and they went to a church down there, and um, he bought this book and brought a whole box of them home. And so we've been uh, reading this. Uh, many of the staff members have. It's a great book. If you haven't got, got this, if you haven't read it, you really should. Craig Rochelle's book, Winning the War in Your Mind, which has been the springboard for this series um, it's been challenging to me. I'm concerned, and this is why I'm concerned, because I don't think that I realize the power of my thought life. And I, I think this series is important, powerful for the good and the bad. And this matters to you as well, because I'm pretty sure most of you also haven't, haven't really connected with your heart the, the reality of the power of the things that we think about. And if we don't pay attention, this can have some negative consequences and I'm afraid sometimes we don't even know what happened. And so uh, here's the deal. The enemy of your soul doesn't want you to understand this truth that we're going to talk about today about how powerful our, our thoughts are. And uh, he wants to sneakily work his way into your thoughts and break you down one unhealthy thought at a time. And he doesn't want us to know that this can cause disaster in our, in our lives. He wants us to live aloof to this. And he does this by shaping our thinking one untruthful thought at a time and slowly building up strongholds, which I'm going to talk about today, in our minds around these thoughts. So bow your head. Father, today we pray against the enemy in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that truth would reign in this place. 
that you would speak to us and that we would listen. Will you help us to fight this battle differently? Will you help us to realize this battle is real? And Father, I pray against every person in this room and those that are worshiping online today, I pray for every single one of us that have dealt with this and, and Lord, have, have felt some margin of being defeated in the way that we think, that today this would start something new. We love you, Father. In your name we pray, amen. This shouldn't be a surprise to us that this is the way the enemy works. Because if you read your Bible, and again, uh, how many times have, have I said this? So many times people are like, Doug, is this, I mean, it's old book. Does it really still work? Does it still apply to my life? Are there things that I can, that I can do that might help my life look different? And, and here's one of them. It shouldn't be a surprise to us that if we're going to stand strong against our enemy's attacks, just like in a military sense, if you're going to battle, you have to know your enemy, Right? So we're gonna talk about that a little bit. We better know how he attacks. And in John chapter eight, verse 44, Jesus was talking about this and this is what he said. He, speaking of Satan, listen to this, was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the what? Truth. Because there is no, what's the word? Truth in him. When he, what's the word? Lies. When he lies, it is consistent with his character for he is what? A liar. And not only that, he is also the father of lies. Can I tell you something? He's sneaky good at this. He knows how to play this game. And I want you to know that he has spun me up before. And I'm pretty sure he spun you up too. Many times we don't even know how it happened. And let me give you kind of an example how this, you're just working through your normal day, you're doing your normal thing, just going through your routine, and uh, life is just like normal, and then all of a sudden a thought comes through your mind, and you're like, what? Where did that thought come from? Have you ever had this happen? And you're like, that's not the way I think. That's not the things I care about. That's not the character that I want to have in my life. You're like, what? That's just, ah! Where'd it come from? Where do you think it came from? The enemy of your soul, the enemy of my soul. And in addition to this, let me share another personal observation. When he's gonna drop those thoughts and when he's gonna drop those lies into our mind, he is so sneakily good at this. He knows what he's doing. And if you'll pay attention, you'll see how strategic he is. When you go through a circumstance, you go through a situation that might be just a little bit challenging, he knows, he knows that now is the time to drop that thought into your mind, and it seems like, it seems like the circumstances that we're going through validate his lie. And he does this to us all the time. Again, this should be no surprise to us. If you read your Bible, then you will know. You will understand how applicable this information is. Remember, we need to know how our enemy works. So 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he tells us what we need to do. He says, look, you need to stay alert. You need to watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What do I see there? Waiting for just the right moment to strike with untruth. So what do we do? Look at verse 9. Peter says, you stand firm against him and you be strong in your faith. Let me show you how this works. You catch someone in a lie. I don't know why. It's strategic thought is dropped at just the right moment. You know what? You better not ever trust anybody. You drop the ball at work or students, you do bad on a test, and all of a sudden this thought comes through your mind, I'll always be a failure. You get overlooked at work and you think I'm always gonna be broke. You pray and things don't go your way and you think God doesn't hear my prayers. You get in an argument with your spouse, and how is this, it happens, your mind just goes to this place, I think I married the wrong person. 
You get, you get a, a situation where a loved one or a dear friend gets sick and you think God doesn't care. Someone else gets credit for something you've done and you think I'll never amount to anything. Do you see how he works? And so it seems as though the circumstances validate the lie. And he knows what he's doing. They, the timing, you guys, the timing is strategically impeccable. So I would just ask you to pay attention. Think about your thoughts. Pay attention to what's happening and see. I, I bet you you'll see this week that those thoughts come at the perfect time to seem to validate untruth. And the reality is that there's a battle going on in our minds all the time. It's true in me and it's true in you. And there's this battle between faith and fear. There's a battle between trust and us wanting to be in control. There's a battle between wanting to do what's right and struggling with the draw and the pull of sin in our lives. There's this, there's this battle of a confidence in our calling of who we are in Christ and crippling issues that seem to paralyze. And what's so refreshing to me is we're not the only ones that have felt this way, which is beautiful. I love the authenticity of scripture. And so over the next several weeks as we walk through this series together, the Apostle Paul is gonna be our coach. He's gonna help us understand differently this, this battle that's going on in our minds and how we can have victory over uh, the enemy's attack. So I want you to listen. Just listen with your heart as Paul gets very authentic in Romans chapter seven and see if this doesn't typify some of your experience in your life too because it does for me. Romans chapter seven, verse 15. Paul says, I don't really understand myself for I wanna do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Verse 18, and I know that nothing good, nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do it anyway. Does this sound like your life at all? And then he continues, listen to this, verse 23. But there is another power within me that, has, that is at war with what? My mind. Oh, you know what I think? Thank you, Paul. I'm not the only one. Thank you for being so real that I can learn that it's not just me that fights this battle. And he continues, this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. And we're like, geez, thanks, Paul. If we know that one of our enemy's primary tactics is playing games with our mind, then we need to have a game plan to stand up and fight against his attack. My fear is so many of us, myself included sometimes, don't realize and recognize how real this battle is and we're not protecting ourselves. We're not standing alert and ready to defeat our enemy's talks or the way that he talks to us. And a prophet, there's a prophetic promise to the nation of Israel that's ultimately fulfilled through the work of the on the cross and this power is now available to us because of what Jesus did. Listen to Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits, here's the key, listen, these benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come for me. I, the Lord, have spoken. So I wanna stop before I go any further and I wanna share with you this very important and critical truth that's part of what we're talking about today. If you are a child of God, 
and you've stepped across the line of faith and embraced him as your personal Lord and Savior, this battle looks different. If you aren't, you're trying to fight a battle that you can't win on your own. And so today, before this is done, would you allow your heart to be tender to, to part of what we can experience as Christ followers that can help us to win this battle in our minds. Last weekend, we celebrated Easter and we talked about the abundant life that Jesus died for us to experience. And we talk about this a lot here at Plum Creek. And as a matter of fact, the second part of this verse I read in my sermon last week, John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus is talking and I want you to see how he describes these two opposing forces that are at a play in our lives. In John 10, 10, he tells us the thief's purpose, which is our enemy, is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, my purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. And I love how Jesus draws the battle line here. And he says, there's a real thing going on in your life. There's an enemy that doesn't want you to experience this abundant life. And then there's Jesus who died so that you could. We better pay attention to this because the truth be told is that the abundant life that God created for you to experience hangs in the balance of how we wage this war. So Paul's gonna be our coach. And part of the problem is that most often we aren't even aware of what's happening and I want that to change starting right now. And that's why this series is important. What makes this even more frustrating, <clears throat> and this goes back to what I just said a minute ago, you can't win this battle on your own. In your own strength, this doesn't work. You'll live defeated. And I'm gonna explain how that happens. But I have very good news today for those of you that know Jesus. Pay close attention to what Paul says because he lays it so clearly out for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at verse three. We are human, he says, but we don't wage war as humans do. Woo, somebody just getting fired up, I hope. Okay, yeah, I get it, I'm human. And I get it, I'm not as strong as I wish I was to defeat the enemy's tactics. As a matter of fact, I fall woefully short of defending myself against him. Oh, but there's good news, you see? The good news is I don't have to fight this battle alone. No way, and neither do you. There's something extremely powerful. It's primed, and it's ready to be deployed in your life if you just know how to do this well. And listen, it has a, it has a proven track record. If you will implement this strategy, you will have victory in the way that you think. It's, it's the weapon that needs to be utilized in this battle for our minds. So look what Paul says. This is so awesome. Listen to what he says in verse four. So we use, not our strength. Look, what do we use? We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Oh, you listen to me. You have a superpower. And it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. So let's unpack this. That word stronghold is a very interesting one that Paul uses to describe what the enemy is doing. So I want you to see this. This term appears in scripture at least 50 times. And it's commonly referred to as a fortress that protects so that things from the outside can't get in. It comes from the Greek word. It, it refers to a military stronghold. Let me show you an example of a military stronghold. This is the oldest one that I could find on the internet, and it's a fortress. It's a fortress that was built so that what's on the inside is completely insulated. So look at, you see how they built this one. This is, this is in the middle of that rock formation. Do you see in the very middle? 
That's what you see, a stronghold right there. And historians will tell us that sometimes the walls would be as big as 20 feet thick. Can't get in there. And it's where the kings and the political leaders would be kept during battles to keep them safe. So now I want you to listen to this word picture, this analogy that the Apostle Paul is using from his own life, his own experience, and ours as well, that will help us to understand this. This is what he's doing. Our spiritual enemy, and remember his purpose, steal, kill, and destroy your life. And how does he do it? He's establishing a stronghold in your mind, and he's trying to insulate these destructive thoughts and mindset, these attitudes, and these thoughts that he's deposited. And so listen to me, listen to me. Sometimes these things start when we're just very young. In the circumstances, something happens and someone says something or does something or doesn't do something. And at the strategic, remember how strategic he is? He's like a roaring lion. He's looking and he deposits his thought into your mind. And he puts it there and then slowly, brick by brick, he begins to establish a stronghold in your mind. And isn't this crazy to think that in my mind, the enemy has put a stronghold around a thought that isn't true. And he wants to defeat my life. He wants to take me down. He's attacking our own minds doing this. And the result is that you and I begin to believe something that's untrue as being truth. It takes you away from this abundant life that God has for you, from God's healing and his calling in your life. And what's he doing? He's reshaping the way we think one lie at a time until you and I become prisoners to this deception. So what does the devil tell you? He says this. He says, you're going to blow up every relationship. You don't even deserve a relationship. As a matter of fact, you're just going to be alone the rest of your life. You're not worthy of relationship. You're a failure. You'll always be a failure. You have no way out of this circumstance. You might as well give up. You can't overcome your addiction. As a matter of fact, your addiction defines you. We'll say you're worthless. You'll never make it past your past. As a matter of fact, your past defines you. God could never love someone like you. There's no way that God would listen to your prayers. And so today, guys, listen, what we wanna do is to start looking at these thoughts that the enemy, and you have them, I have them, they're different for all of us. We must replace the enemy's lies with God's truth. And the question that we need to be asking ourselves is this. How do we fight this battle? How do we fight this battle in our lives? So let's look again at what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. He says this. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. Let's talk about this. Please hear me. This is not human. This is not of human origin. This is the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Because he's the one that can give us this victory. As a matter of fact, the words used here are the explosive power of the Holy Spirit. And we need to get passionate about this. Because listen, remember, fullness of life hangs in the balance of how we do this. So we must learn to replace the enemy's lies with God's truth. Replace the enemy's lies with God's truth. And what's amazing is uh, back in the day when I was in college, I was a psychology major. And isn't it interesting that psychology is catching up with what God says in the Bible? It's interesting. It should be no surprise to us. But in psychology, the study of cognitive behavior has developed to the point where it's confirming things that we read in scripture. For example, many relational challenges, uh, eating disorders would be another example, uh, all types of addictions, 
Um, many types of anxiety are a direct result of toxic thinking. And so when we go see a counselor, we talk to a counselor and we begin to unpack these things. They're like, you know what? We need to go back to where this got started, right? And then what happened? If, we're, if We understand reading scripture that the enemy came and told us a lie and we believed it and we started putting bricks up around that lie and all of a sudden there's a stronghold in our mind and it's starting to ruin our lives. Well, Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Psychology and the Bible, they work together. So we must replace the enemy's lies with God's truth. What we think determines who we become. Let me show you how that works. If you think you can't, listen, you probably won't. If you worry about your problems incessantly, it's, it's very, very common for anxiety to overwhelm you. If you think you can on the other side of the coin, you probably will. If you think your marriage will make it, it's more likely to make it. If you believe you can overcome addiction, then you're more likely to experience victory. You see, we have to replace the enemy's lies with God's truth. So let's turn it up a notch. I want you to look at what Paul, remember, he's our thought expert, what Paul said next. So we demolish these arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and here's how we do it, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. It's that simple. Doesn't that sound easy? No, that sounds really hard. So we have to have a game plan to know how to do that. And if we're going to demolish anything, we have to first identify, listen, we have to identify our target. So can I ask you? As you think about your life and as you think about your thoughts and you think about those things that dominate the way that you think, could you identify some strongholds? So I want to be vulnerable with you today and I want to describe to you some of what what is a personal struggle to me. And this is not the only one, I assure you. Um, But sometimes in my life, more often than I would like to admit, my self-worth and my identity gets wrapped up in what I do. My self-worth can be about my performance. And there's a lot in there. And I believe that this started when I was just a little kid. Because I, I didn't want to disappoint my dad. And somehow in my mind, approval and my behavior and my performance got all twisted into the same thing. And as a result, I'm mortified to fail. And in an even more way, I live to not let people down. My dad has gone on to be with Jesus, and I still don't want to let him down. When I think about my wife and my kids, I don't want to let them down. And when I think about the staff at our church, I don't want to let them down. And when I think about each of you, I don't want to let you down. So my identity gets wrapped up in what I do and how I'm perceived instead of whose I am. And if I'm honest, what this is really about is some distorted ideas of what self-worth is all about. It's about a passion to be accepted. 
And at its fundamental level, it's also about pride. And this is a battle that's difficult for me to fight. And our enemy is strategic, and he knows how to twist my thoughts. And he seems to validate the unhealth of some of what I'm talking about by the circumstances that I walk through on a regular basis. And so I can believe these lies based on things that seem to confirm lies that are part of the way that life works. And these are all types of lies, and there are all kinds of potential strongholds that need to be demolished in order for me to feel and to think in a healthy way. There are thoughts that I must take captive, and so this week, I wanna give you two assignments. The first assignment is this. If we're gonna understand what we're gonna do to fight this battle well, the first assignment is that you're gonna identify the strongholds that hold you back. Identify them. You're like, okay, Doug, that seems... It seems simple to say, might be very hard to do. How do I do that? So here's what I want you to do. Ready? Double dog dare you. Ask God to show you. If you've never done that before, you've made a mistake. Ask the Lord to show you where the enemy has established a stronghold in your life. Where somehow, by the way he works, you have begun to believe a lie is truth. And God is big enough. He loves you enough. And he died so that you could have victory over this. So if you'll just ask him, I promise you he will show you. And pay close attention to your thoughts this week. Take a thought audit. Name it and then put crosshairs on that stronghold. What is it in your mind? What thoughts do you have? Because we need to be careful. Those, those things, those thoughts that we have will make their way out into your life, I promise. And so we need to defeat them. We must replace the enemy's lies with God's truth. And again, identify the biggest stronghold that's holding you back. I'll, 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 uh, I can't get close to God. Every relationship will fail. Oh, how about this one? Because we're so inundated with the social media stuff, you're like, I'll never feel good about myself. When I compare myself to everybody else, like it just, I, I know I don't measure up. I don't look as good, I don't feel as good, I don't go on cool vacations, all of those things that come into our minds, I'll never feel good about myself. My past is too bad. There are all kinds of things. And you see what's, what's, what's so common in each of our minds, and again, psychology will, will help us to understand this. The more often you think a thought, it's like wearing a path in the ground, and it becomes easier and easier and easier to walk that road to that thought again. And, 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 this, and, and, and when, we, when we understand psychology around that, creating these unhealthy, unhelpful, narrow pathways in our mind that take us right to the place of that stronghold, time and time and time again. And we've worn that path down so clearly that now we just walk the path without even thinking. And we go right to that thought. Even though it's untruth, we believe it to be truth. That, that is who I am. That is uh, what I deserve. That is the, the relationships that I will have the rest of my life. And soon, we don't even notice. And we think it's true. And that, you guys, is a stronghold. And it takes over our lives. So we need to capture these thoughts and create a new path in our brain to think a different way, to forge a new path to truth. And the more you walk that path, the easier it will become to travel. And the more you stay off the old path, what's gonna happen? It's gonna grow back up again, right? And that's not gonna be as easy to walk on. And that's what we want to happen. So we identify the biggest stronghold that holds us back and we ask God, just ask him this week. I'm gonna pray it over you before we're done today. Ask God to start with the biggest one. Start with the one that wreaks the most havoc in your life. 
Not lovable, not good enough, don't deserve anything good. I always fail. Negativity, worry, anxiety, hopeless, worthlessness. Identify the stronghold and name it. And why is that so important? Because you cannot defeat what you cannot define. So you've got to identify it, just like I did. I was honest. I shared with you one of, one of many of those lies that the enemy can build a stronghold up in my life. So you cannot defeat what you cannot define. So the first thing that we do is that we identify it. And I want you to think like angry birds here. You're going to put a crosshair on it. And you're going to know that's the stronghold that I need to be defeating. So then the question is, how do we, how do we defeat it? And this is the second part of your assignment. You demolish your strongholds with truth. Look at what Paul says in verse five. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. When you study the etymology of these words and understand what Paul is saying, this is another military term. He says, listen, we, we, we're gonna take it captive. And in the mindset that Paul was writing, this meant that you capture with a spear or a sword. He's talking military here, which is interesting to me. Because if you go back to the description of the army of God, which we've preached before here, we have one offensive weapon, don't we? Do you remember what it is? Yeah. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So what do we do? What do we do? We do what Jesus did. Some people, I've had many conversations with people over the years, and they talk to me about what's going on in their life, and I say, well, did you know the Bible talks about that? And they're like, what? I was like, yeah, you know, it's pretty good. Probably should read it. So I'm gonna show you one of the ways that we can do this. So once you've identified that stronghold, let's just say it's fear, and you deal with fear. I want you to go to this website, blueletterbible.org. And once you get to this website, it's a, it's a powerful search engine that'll help you search the Bible. If you see up in the upper right-hand corner, uh, it says the NLT there. That's the translation that I typically teach from. And you're just going to type the word in there. So I typed in, just did this this morning, type in the word fear, and then you hit the green button. And all of a sudden, look at this. The Bible talks about fear 275 times. Hey, you got some reading to do, right? But then you see what happens is it lists all of these verses, and there's page after page after page of verses that deal with fear. And you just pick you out a good one. And then you, you put that verse First of all, in your mind by memorizing it. And then you hang it on your mirror and so you first see it first thing in the morning and you put it in the car and listen, if you have to, you tattoo it on your body so that you never forget that verse so that we can take these thoughts captive. This is what Jesus did. Listen to what Peter said in 2 Peter 1. He said this in verse three, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. John 8, 32, Jesus is teaching, this is how I know that we can have victory. This is what Jesus said, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That wasn't loud enough. And the truth will? From what? Strongholds. It'll set you free from strongholds that the enemy has put in your mind. And so we begin to embrace the truth. And what happens is, you know, that thought comes into my mind, and it just, and it just tells me, I, I can't do it. I can't do it, Doug. And we open up our Bibles and we learn and we memorize Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
You think I'm no good. I, I don't look like the way I want to look. I don't, I don't compare well to the world around me. Forget about that. Psalm 139 says, God, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Just yesterday, I read in my devotional time, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I'm God's masterpiece. So you know what? I don't care if you like my stuff. You don't need to like me on Facebook. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe. Ready? He likes me. So I don't need to worry about what you think. Life seems so miserable and it's so overwhelming and I seem to be sapped of my joy. Nehemiah tells us in Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is my strength. When I feel all alone, I remember Hebrews 13, my God is with me, he will never leave me. So you surround yourself with that truth. You pray you get a good friend that loves you that says, I'm in this battle with you. And if you feel overwhelmed, you call me and I'll pray your verse over you. I'll stand with you in this battle if you'll stand with me in mine. And together we replace the lies with the truth. So my heart for you today is that you would not stay locked in this prison. That those strongholds would be broken down in your life. And we would experience victory at a different level than we have maybe ever. And with the Lord's help, see, this is what you need to be reminded. This was his plan from the beginning. He told us this battle is real. And he provided for you and me an offensive weapon that we can deploy and use that will help us to break down those strongholds. That's his heart. And can I tell you, this is what I've been praying and this is what Beth and I have been praying together. That we would be at a different place coming out of this series than we've ever been in our lives. Because strongholds would be broken down. Will you stand to your feet? If you're at home and you're worshiping with us there or you're in this room, see, I want you to go back to what I said first. And that was, listen, the way that this works is that you have a relationship with Jesus. You're not going to be able to fight this one on your own. You need him. And so if you're here in this room or if you're worshiping at home, there's somewhere else uh, on, online with us. Listen, if you've not made that decision to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you desperately need him. Don't fight on your own. You want superpower, not your power. Because it changes everything. 